0: and say, it's all about love. Amen, amen, amen. Open up your note sheets and let's get started. Hallelujah. I wore my love shirt today because we need to talk just a little bit about love. We declared at the beginning of this year that this would be a year of tremendous fruitfulness. Um, Ernest. Would you run over there and grab me a few of those bracelets? Just grab a handful of those bracelets in that basket on the right-hand side there of the table. Yeah, we declared at the beginning of this year that this would be a year of tremendous fruitfulness, and we've been working towards it. Jesus said that if you abide in me, and I, He said abide in me and you'll bear fruit. If, because without me, He said you can do nothing. You can't. You cannot abide. You cannot not abide in Jesus and expect to bear God kind of fruit. Some people have been going round and around in circles wondering why. They keep getting the same results. Because they keep you know, you're not connected to God. You gotta be connected to God, not only through his word, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. Every day, we live with the Holy Spirit. We don't have a powerless gospel, but we live empowered by the Spirit every single day. He's talking to us all day long, every day. There's specific things He wants you to do. You may not even, like He may tell you first thing in the morning, you're going to see somebody on your lunch hour, I want you to talk to them and say thus and so. That's the kind of life that we should be living. Amen, somebody. Or just on the spur of the moment, you're standing in line somewhere and God says this, this, this about that one. And he gives you a word of knowledge and you begin to speak to that person. That's bearing the fruits of God. Miracles and signs and wonders. These are things that we should be having going in our lives. But it takes a consecrated life. A life that's sold out to God. I'm no longer living the way that I was, but I'm living consecrated to Him. I'm focused on Him. I'm listening to at least two hours of the Word a day. How blessed we are, how fortunate we are that we don't have to go to the temple and ride a donkey or walk barefoot nine miles to get there you know, and just hear an old dry preacher preach, but we can get online on YouTube and you can hear T.D. Jakes, you can hear Ivy Hilliard, you can hear Pastor Sally Snow, you can hear anybody you want to hear preaching the Gospel right there on your phone. So we have no excuse why we shouldn't be filled with the Word. And when we read the Word, I'm telling you, faith comes to us. And that's the life God wants us to live. But we have to make those choices every single day. So this is about having a year of fruitfulness that we're pressing in and we're taking ground so that we can be more fruitful for God. So we take ground and we stand on it. Are we satisfied? No, we take some more ground. And then you think that you've arrived at that point. And then he says, no child, come further. I want you to come out to the deep, to the place where your feet can't reach and you have to absolutely depend upon me. And that's where the power of God is released. And that's the kind of fruit that he wants us to be bearing. Amen. So who doesn't have a tremendous fruitfulness, bracelet. Who didn't get one yet? Let me give you one. These these are these are empowered. These bracelets are empowered. They got I need some more bracelets. Y'all pass the bracelets out. Here you go. Here you go, daddy. Mama Y'all pass the bracelets out. Because why? Because we're supposed to be bearing fruit. We're supposed to be bearing tremendous fruit this year. That's a prophetic word from God. So on the inside of the bracelet, it says chosen 2019. He chose you. He picked you. He said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I anointed you and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. So God scheduled you in the earth for the year 2019. He chose you specifically. He created you and molded you and made you exactly what He wanted you to be and then placed you in Houston, Texas, and placed you in Humble, Texas, in church among a body of believers that would get you raised up in the year 2019 so you could go out and, and bear those fruits and have those fruits that remain. Did y'all get one, Aaron? Back row. Raise your hand. Back row. Grab some mo. Got some more over here. Some more over here. Just grab a handful of them. Come on, Ernest. Grab a bunch of them. Amen. Amen. Just, br- just bring a bunch of them. Amen. Because it reminds you. What was your testimony, Joshua, about wearing your bracelet? You Holler out. Use your preacher voice. Those two right there. Right over there. Right over here. Y'all put those on and don't take them off. Why? Just to remind yourself, I'm supposed to be bearing fruit. If I'm going to bear fruit, you cannot do it by yourself. I've got to be abiding in the vine. I've got to be abiding in his word. He said, "Um, without me, you can do nothing. But he said, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will and it shall be done. So if that Word is abiding in you, you know His Word, you know how to speak His Word, you know how to pray His Word, I'm telling you, that's the life that God wants us to live. We're pressing in. We're halfway through the year. It's August. they already putting Christmas trees up in, in Hobby Lobby. Make me sick to my stomach. But this this it just shows you how close the, the year is to being over. Amen? we got to get to work. Keep pressing in. If we're going to graduate on time, hallelujah, Amen, amen, amen all right, so we 've declared it 's a year of fruitfulness, and and over the last, this is the fifth week and the fifth um, um, sermon in this series about the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and uh, so so now let 's look at this we're looking at the gifts of the spirit first corinthians twelve one it says now about the spiritual gifts, the special endowments of supernatural energy, brethren, I do not want you to be. Misinformed. would you underline that word misinformed? He doesn't want you to be misinformed So if you were informed that the that uh, miracles died away with the apostles, you've been misinformed If you were informed that miracles are not for today, you were misinformed If you were if you were um, informed that in your religion, we don't do that Then you were misinformed and you were in the wrong religion because the bible says that there are works that we should work and so Message Translation says, what I want to talk about now is the various ways God's Spirit gets worked into our lives. This is complex and often misunderstood, but I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right, number one, the gifts of the Spirit in our lives should be manifested alongside our love walk. So in other words, we've been studying the gifts of the Spirit, the word of knowledge, so far, we've looked at, and that's where God supernaturally shows you something you could not have known. It's, uh, for example, Jesus was talking to the woman at the well. She says, sir, give me this water. He said, okay, here comes the water. Go call your husband and tell him to come here. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, you've said right you don't have a husband because you've had five husbands, and the one you're living with now is not your husband. She's like, sir, he just read her mail. He gave. He had a word of knowledge. Amen. When Peter said, Lord, I'm ready to die with you, ready to, ready to die, go to prison, whatever i got to do. It, Jesus is like, really, Peter? He said, look, Satan has asked for you that he might sift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you. He said, tonight, before the rooster crows, you will have denied even knowing me three times. He said, but look, when you come back to me. He had a not, not only did he know he was going to deny him, but he knew Peter would come back. Isn't it good to know that all the times you strayed away, God knew that you'd come back. And you had somebody praying for you that you would come back. Amen. So he, he said, I have prayed for you so that when you come back, strengthen your brethren. So that's a word of knowledge. A word of wisdom tells you how God wants to do something. Gives you wisdom about how to apply knowledge or how to do a certain thing. And then there's the gift of faith. You know, there's saving faith. There's systematic faith where you use your faith. You speak those things that be not as though they were. But then there's this thing called special faith, where God gives you faith to do something while everybody else is standing in the the boat, you're stepping out on water. Amen. This is special faith that is endowed, and it's by the Holy Spirit. It's by the Holy Spirit. What we do is make ourselves available, and the Holy Spirit uses us as He wills. Amen, we just stay in tune with him and let him speak to us and tell us what he wants to do and Then, um, last week, what did we talk about last week? Oh. gifts of healing healing it 's the will of God that we should be able to heal that 's okay we 'll just stay parked here till everybody can can preach it back to me. Amen, Amen. hallelujah, <laughs> glory to God and so he wants us to do all of these things and walk in these gifts of the Spirit. Today, we're going to talk about the gift of miracles. The gift of miracles. Jesus said, the same works that I do, you'll do. And he said, greater works shall you do because I go to the Father. But he said, I don't want you to do it without love. Love, 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 love. He wants us to walk in love as we, so it doesn't matter how many gifts you have, how many people you can get saved, how many people you can get filled with the Holy Ghost, how much you can dance, how much you can roll on the floor. It is not about that. It's about how much love can you show? He wants them walking side by side, love and the gifts, the fruit of the spirit with the gifts of the spirit. He doesn't want you to have the gifts and be mean as a snake or hateful. Or don't have a character that goes along with the nature of God. The gifts of God and the nature of God should go together. So listen to what Paul says. So we, as you study 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 13 and chapter 14, it talks all about the gifts of the spirit. So, and, t- and, lo- and this whole love chapter is right in the middle of it. So he wants you to operate in the gifts with signs and wonders and miraculous works and acts, but you gotta do it in love. 1 Corinthians thirteen one through 8 in the Amplified says, If I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as is inspired by God's love for and in us. So look, if I can speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and, and I got reasoning and spiritual devotion that's inspired um, uh, by God's love in us, he said, um, I'm only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So, if no, if I don't have that reasoning, intentional, and spiritual devotion, so if I don't have God's love in me, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, and understand all secret truths and mysteries, and if I possess all knowledge, and if I have sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, God's love in me, I am nothing, a useless nobody. Even if I dole out all I have to the poor in providing food, and if I surrender my body to be burned or in order that I may glory, but have not love, God's love in me, I gain nothing. Now Look here, it tells what love is so, you can, so we can correct ourselves. Love endures long. It's patient and kind. Love is kind. We are Christians. We are Christians. We are kind kindness is patient and kind love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy the bible says jealousy is worse than the grave is not boastful or vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily or superior or proud is not conceited or arrogant and inflated with pride is not rude unmannerly and does not act unbecomingly love god's love in us does not insist in its own rights or its own way for it is not self-seeking it's not touchy or fretful or resentful it takes no account of the evil done to it It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. It hopes, its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. Love never fails. Love never fails. So we got to make sure that we got... Now, we could preach a whole series of sermons just on this one passage of Scripture that I've just read to you. We could preach for a a month just on those, or even a whole year just on those things. But see, this correction comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're about to go off, it's the power of the Holy Spirit in your life that says, Don't do that, because that kind of stuff grieves him. And I don't want anything that's going to grieve the Holy Spirit. I need Him. He is the one that God sent, the helper, the one called alongside to help, the one that I should hear His voice that leads me and guides me every single day. Amen. So I don't want to grieve Him with words or with my actions. He can be easily grieved. Amen. All right. Now, 1 Corinthians 14. So he, this is the next chapter after 1 Corinthians 13. He says, Eagerly pursue and pursue... And seek to acquire this love. Could you underline eagerly? I know I made it small this morning so I could fit it all in there. But eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. This love that we've just read about. Make it your aim. Your great quest. And put a circle around and. And earnestly desire and cultivate the best spiritual endowments or gifts. Especially that you may prophesy. So yes, yes. I'm eagerly pursuing this love, this love walk, that I don't grieve the Holy Spirit and that I walk in love. My words, I'm calculating the words that I say. I'm allowing him to keep a door, keep a gate, keep a watch over my mouth. Amen? If he convicts me, don't say that. Don't do that. He's there to keep us in line if we're paying attention to his voice. So... 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, now here it is, the gifts of the Spirit, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. 8, verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. So the Spirit is the one that we're paying attention to. I'm not seeking after the gifts. I'm making myself available to the Holy Spirit to use me to operate in one of these gifts. But He doesn't want us to be confused about what they are. So you got to know what they are and listen to his voice. And what you'll find is a lot of them are linked together. You'll see that a lot of them are linked together because you need a word of knowledge to know how to handle a certain situation or how to pray for a certain person. You need to know what's going on. You need wisdom to know how to pray exactly in a situation. Because sometimes we're trying to cause somebody to be healed and they really have a spirit of infirmity. We need to address the spirit of infirmity and tell it to go. Okay, we've got to, got, got to maybe plow hard this morning, but I'm not scared. Number two, the working of miracles. A miracle is a surprising and welcome event that is not ex- explicable by natural or scientific laws. And I started thinking about this earlier this week. Think about this. A miracle is not a miracle to God. It's a miracle to us, but to God, it's no big deal. Why? Nothing is too hard for God. The Bible is full of people doing miracles. Moses threw a stick down. And he said, Lord, how how will they know that you're sitting? He said, what do you have in your hand? He said, I got a stick. He said, throw it down. He threw it down. It became a snake. And Moses was like, whoa. He said, now catch it by the tail and pick it up. He's like, God, you sure? And he reached down and picked it up. And it became a stick again. And so when he went to see Pharaoh and then he threw the stick down to show him that God was God. So they're magicians. How many many of you know that there's magicians and witchcraft and that kind of stuff who can do stuff? Okay, so they threw their sticks down and they became two snakes. But glory to God, Moses' stick swallowed up the other two snakes. And Moses reached down, caught it by the tail, and it became a stick again. How you like me now, Pharaoh? Glory to God. So it was a sign and and a wonder and a miracle. Moses struck the rock and water came out. Elijah raised a child from the dead. He went and stretched himself out over the child and put his eyes on his eyes and his mouth on his mouth and his ears against his ears. And the, guy, the the kid started breathing again. Amen. He called down fire from heaven. And before he called down the fire from heaven, he said, pour some water all over it. Pour water all over the wood. Pour some more. Pour some more. Pour it in the trench. Pour it on the sacrifice, pour water all over it. I want to want you to think that something just sparked that was left over from Baal and that those Baal worshippers that were dancing around and cutting themselves. I don't want you to get it twisted, because this is God, and absolutely anything is possible with God. So he put Adam pour water all over it and he called down fire. The fire of God fell, and it, it consumed the sacrifice, burned up everything, even licked up the dust all around. God proved that he was God through Elijah. His confidence was absolutely astounding. And the Bible says he was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed that it wouldn't rain, and for three and a half years it didn't rain. And then he prayed again, and heaven gave its rain. But he was a man with a nature. He was God didn't want you to think these were people that were so special. They were special, but you're special too. Hallelujah. And then that wasn't the only time that he called down fire from heaven. The king decided he wanted to, to kill Elijah and he said, go, he sent his captain with 50 men to go get him. And when they got to Elijah, he's just doing like this. He said, if I be a man of God, let fire come down and consume them. Fire came down and killed all 51 of them. So the king said, let me try this again. And he sent 50 more guys with the captain. And Elijah said, if I be a man of God, let fire come down and consume you all fire came down now we got 102 gone and so finally the king sent a third captive and he said look i ask you to please consider my life precious i got a family back home i'm just doing what the king sent me here to do please don't burn me up elijah and he let him live amen but praise god what about confidence like that if i'd be a man of god let fire come down. When he got the mantle of, when Elisha got the mantle of Elijah, he struck the brook and said, where is the God of Elijah? He had asked for a double portion anointing of the miracles that were on his life. And Elisha did twice as much as Elijah did. He did get a double portion. So I think we ought to be bold and say, God, give, me, give us a double portion of anything that's ever been before. It's the latter rain and abundance for the end time harvest. Come on, we got to have, we got to have signs and wonders and miracles. Amen. Elisha with the widow with the oil, there was the widow whose, whose husband had died and left her in, in debt. And she didn't, she didn't have any money and they were going to make her children into slaves. And so Elijah, Elisha said, "Um, what do you have? She said, all I have is a little jar of oil. He said, go borrow vessels from all your, all your neighbors and don't get just a few. And then come in and that little jar of oil won't stop pouring out oil until all the vessels are full. He said, now go, after she'd done it, she said, Lord, I did it. Could you imagine how they felt as they just kept pouring oil out of this little bitty jar and it's filling up big old pots. He said, now go sell the oil and y'all live on the rest. Put her in the oil business. That's a miracle, y'all. It's all throughout the Bible. That's the God that we serve. Joshua didn't have enough time to finish defeating his enemy. So he said, Son, I need you to stand still. And the son stood still for 24 hours. Hallelujah. We serve a God of miracles. Hezekiah was sick and about to die. And the man of God said, You better get your stuff in order. You're about to die. Hezekiah turned toward the wall and pleaded his case before God. I've been holy. I've been righteous. I've done right things for you. Lord God, how can you let me die? Elijah got got halfway out the courtyard and turned around and went back. He said... He he said, God says you get 15 more years, and just so you'll know that he's going to do it, he said he'll turn the sundial back 10 degrees or he'll turn it forward 10 degrees. Which one would you like? Just so you'll know that God's going to do it. He said, well, it's easy to go forward. Make it go back 10 degrees. That means the solar system had to stop and come back 10 degrees. Hallelujah, but God is able, he made the solar system, amen, and he's able to, I thought y'all would be a little more excited about this. How about the jawbone of a donkey in the hand of Samson? He killed a thousand Philistines with one jawbone of a donkey. That was miraculous strength and power that was available for their time. Aaron's rod. When they, when they, when the children of Israel rose up and thought, "Well, we all got authority." What makes Aaron so special? He said, "All you leaders, all you twelve tribes, all your leaders of your tribes, come and take your stick." Everybody had a staff in those days, and he's and 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 they all had, they sort of signified who they were. He said, "Come and lean all your sticks against the tent, the the tabernacle, against the church house. Lean them all against the church house. In the morning." Um, The the rod that buds, how many of you know a dead stick can't bud? Can't sprout. But by the morning when they went to look at all the sticks, Aaron's rod had budded. Come on, that's a miracle. We serve a miracle, miraculous, wonder-working God. How many of you know Balaam had a donkey that could talk? This donkey had never done anything wrong. It always did what he said. But when an angel stood in front of Balaam because he was going to go curse what he wasn't supposed to curse and and, uh, and and an angel stood in his way, the donkey wouldn't go. The donkey even crushed his leg against the wall. The donkey started talking because he kept kicking and hitting that donkey and the donkey wasn't moving. And the donkey suddenly started to talk. Have I ever not done what you said? Do you think maybe there's not a reason why I hadn't moved? And then God opened Balaam's eyes and he could see that there was an angel standing in front. If, you, if, the, if, if that donkey would have moved, you'd have been dead, boy. So God made a donkey talk. We serve a miraculous, wonder-working God. The walls of Jericho fell down flat with a shout. The River Jordan stopped and they walked through on dry land into the Promised Land. There was a man who would borrowed an axe From a friend or from a neighbor. And he was using the axe by the water. As he was using the axe, the axe head came off and fell into the water. And he goes to, I believe it was Elisha. Yes, he went to Elisha and said, Oh my God, you've got to help me. This was borrowed. It was a borrowed axe. It's not mine and it's it's fallen in the water and I can't get it. Elisha just threw a stick in the water and caused the axe head to float. How many of you know iron can't normally swim, but our God is a wonder-working Miracle working God. Hallelujah. And then Elisha, when Elisha died, they buried him in a cave. And so years later, there's nothing but Elisha's bones left in this cave. And there's a man who's died, but they're getting ready to have to go to war. The enemy's coming. they got to do something with his body. They were getting ready to bury him. They said, well, let's just throw him in Elisha's tomb. They threw the dead man into Elisha's tomb. He landed on Elisha's body and started breathing again. Came back to life because of the anointing on Elisha. Why? Because we serve a miracle, wonder-working God who's able to do absolutely anything. Jonah's fish vomited him onto dry land. Hallelujah. Daniel's lions couldn't eat him. The three Hebrews boys furnace couldn't burn him. Hallelujah. And those are just Old Testament miracles. And that's not even all of them. Because He is a miracle, wonder-working God. I want your faith up. Knowing that you can believe God for absolutely anything. He didn't come to just get you saved. He came to fill you up with power. So the same works that He he did, He said, Greater works shall you do because I'm going to my Father. Okay? So let's look at the works of Jesus. He was born of the Virgin Mary. Hallelujah. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit number one, glory to God, we could stop right there and just praise God all day long. And then the first miracle, he turned the water into wine. Terrible thing happened at the wedding at Cana. They ran out of wine. Could you imagine a wedding reception and they'd run out of Kool-Aid? They'd run out of wine. And, and Mary, Jesus' mother, told the servants, He said, she, she said, Jesus, they've run out of wine. And it makes you think, how many times did they run out of something that Jesus... Did something for him back at home with his mom, with the door closed. Don't tell nobody. Okay. When you're living with the son of God, but when they ran out of wine, she went to Jesus. Jesus, they've run out of wine. He's like, woman, what's this got to do with me? That's not my time yet. And she looked at the servant, She said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. He said, go get six water pots and fill them with water. They filled him with water. They said, he said, take a cup and fill it and take it to the master of ceremony. He took it to him and as he went, it turned into wine. The man drunk the wine and he said, wow, most, most, um, uh, weddings, they serve the good wine first and save the bad wine for when everybody's drunk and can't tell the difference. He said, but you've, you've saved the best wine for the last. Amen. Cause Jesus turned it, if Jesus is going to do it, you know it's going to be good. It ain't going to be ripple, boom's farm strawberry. It's going to be the best vintage. Hallelujah. What else did he do? He walked on water. He escapes and passes through a multitude without him being able to see him. He cleansed the lepers and he made them whole. Leprosy was something that could not be cleansed in those days. You didn't get around somebody who had leprosy. They were doomed to live in, in colonies by themselves. But Jesus touched him and said, I'm willing. Be clean. He's a miracle, wonder-working God. There was a widow who would lost her son. And they were crying and making a big commotion. And here's this widow. They're carrying his body out. And Jesus walked over to what they had had the boy laying on. And Jesus said that he, he was so moved. It just grieved him that this woman was suffering for losing her son. And he touched what the kid was laying on and said, get up, boy. And the, so the child got up and he said, here, take, there's your son, woman. Raise this boy. Hallelujah. He calls Peter to cast a lot of fish. He said, hey, let down your nets for a catch. We, we fished all night, didn't catch anything. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat. It says that Peter caught so many fish that they was sink in the boat. He's a wonder, wonder-working, miracle-working God. And then when it was time to pay taxes, wouldn't this be awesome? He said, Peter, go drop a line, a hook in the water, and the first fish you pull up, open his mouth and take a coin out. So God caused a fish to swallow a coin. Not just any coin. Somebody was sad they lost their coin. But Jesus was saving it to pay taxes. He pulled that out, and he said, now go pay your taxes and mine too. Hallelujah, cause he's a wonder-working God. And then, Daddy, you know, Sodom, I mean, you know, sometimes Jesus could be gross. The man was blind. Jesus picked up some dirt That's what and made a clay and put it in the guy's eyes. Now, the guy was blind, but he's like, wait a minute. Did he just spit? <laughs> Hold up. I know you're not going to put some spit on my eyes. Wait up. Then another time, there was a man who was a deaf mute. He put his fingers in the guy's ears. Gross. I'm not, I love you, but I ain't putting my fingers in your ears. Y'all look at me like that. You wouldn't put your fingers in my ears either. Well, maybe you would. Maybe you would. I would too. If the Lord told me to, I would. I would. But then he spit on his finger and touched the man's tongue with his finger. (laughs) Yuck. (laughs) But... When he did that, the guy was able to talk and hear. He loosed his tongue. Amen. Because he's a miracle, wonder-working God. He raised Lazarus after four days. Now, this is Jesus who did not go to the hospital to see him, did not show up for the wake or the funeral. But now, four days later, here he is, shows up at the tomb. He's like, hey, this is so that the glory of God can be manifest. If you believe, you'll see the glory of God. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came hopping out of the tomb. Hallelujah. He said, loose him and let him go because he was still bound. Glory to God. He's a miracle wonder working God. He fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. He cursed a fig tree one day and by the next day it was withered away. He cast out demons with the command. He said, get out of them or shut up. Don't talk. Don't say anything. Gave him permission to go into some pigs. So he commanded demons and told them what to do. He calmed the storm. Sleep on a pillow. Sleep in his eyes. Everybody thinks Jesus don't care. He ain't paying attention. But Jesus wakes up and he rebukes the wind. And he said to the sea, peace, be still. And there was a great calm. They were like, who is this that tells the wind what to do? He raised Jairus' daughter. He told the paralytic to get up and he did. He healed Peter's mother-in-law. She had a fever. And he touched her and healed her. She got up. The fever was gone and she served him and made him dinner. He healed a man with a withered hand. He told a man with a withered hand, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. It was just as normal as the other one. He healed the woman with the issue of blood. He healed the ear on his way, being arrested on his way to the cross. Peter chops off the servant's ear. Jesus said, that's not what we're here for, Peter. Everybody who takes up the sword will die by the sword. He picks up the guy's ear, puts it back on him, and heals him. Wow. Wow. But he's a miracle, wonder-working God. The disciples did miracles. After the miracle of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on them, they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Peter preached a message, and three thousand people got saved. Peter and John went up to the temple. There was a lame man sitting there begging alms, and he lifted his hand up, expecting to receive some money, like these people, like he like had his sign, need work, like we see people on the side of the road with signs all the time. This guy was sitting there with his hand up. Give me something. Peter said, silver and gold have I not, but such as I have I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And the guy got up and began to dance and run and walk and, and, and run into the church. Hallelujah. Amen. Ananias healed Paul's blindness. When, when Paul was struck, struck blind, God sent Ananias to go pray for him so that he'd received his sight. Scales fell off his eyes and he received his sight. An angel led Peter out of prison because the church prayed. Peter raised Dorcas from the dead. Philip. Was preaching to an Ethiopian eunuch. Got out of the chariot to get him baptized in water. When the Ethiopian came up, Philip was gone. God translated him somewhere else so he could preach the gospel somewhere else. Come on, i tell you, there's a walk with God that's way above. Just being saved on my way to heaven. There's some stuff He wants us to do. We're chosen to bear fruit. And these kinds of fruits. Paul and Silas were in the inner dungeon. In the inner prison with their feet in stocks. They couldn't even move. And and about midnight, they began to sing and pray and sing praises to God. And an earthquake came and shook the prison. All their chains fell off. The doors came open and they were all loosed. Hallelujah. Because God is in the business of doing the miraculous. Acts five twelve And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. Many signs and wonders through the hands of the apostles. Okay? So those were the original 12 apostles, right? All right, so here goes Stephen. He's someone who wasn't an original one. Acts 6, eight. Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Mark 16.20, and they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord kept working with them and confirming the message by the attesting signs and miracles that closely accompanied it. Amen, and so be it. So God said, he promised, number one, Jesus promised us that supernatural miraculous manifestations will follow those who believe. It's a sign that follows believers. Miraculous. The miraculous should follow us. I just went through all these stories of the Old Testament. All these stories of what Jesus did. All these stories of what the apostles did. To get your faith up. Because Jesus said, greater work shall you do. Because I go to my Father. I want your faith up. So you'll be listening to the Holy Spirit. To do more than just go to work and come home and eat. And get up and go do the same thing the next day. There's some stuff God wants to weave in in between. You're going and you're coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts 1-8. Listen to this. But I promise you this. Would you draw a work, a circle around the word promise? Just as Jesus, I promise you this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power. Amplified says, but you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. So what does that word power mean? It's the Greek word dunamis, which means miraculous, wonder-working power, ability, mighty, wonderful work. Jesus promised that mighty, wonderful work would be a sign that would come upon us. So that we could be witnesses for Him. A real witness who doesn't do signs and wonders is not really witnessing about Jesus. Because we just saw that He's a miracle wonder-working God. Hallelujah, y'all. Come on, get your faith up. Look at Mark 16, 17 through 18. And these are testing signs. Will follow those who believe. I'm just asking you to believe today. God is just asking you to believe in my name. They will cast out demons. Do people, are people still full of demons these days? You better believe it. You better believe it. We came in here to pray on Wednesday night and a young man who was here at church last week, he was in church last Sunday morning. He came in, and I knew that he was high on drugs, but I didn't know he was full of demons. I knew he probably had something going on, but we started to pray for him, and that man manifested a demon right here all over this floor, all over this right here. He wriggled and writhed. and How many witnesses do we have in here today that saw it with their own eyes? You were in here for prayer, and, and, and we ended up casting the devil out of this guy for, what, two hours? Was it two hours? More, more more, than one demon Then we got a word of knowledge about what kind of demons it was And we were steady casting them out When he left he, he wasn't completely delivered But we know that he is delivered Because demons must obey us when we tell them In the name of Jesus They will cast out demons He said in my name They will cast them out So they must obey our voice So I know that guy He is in the process of being delivered Because they have no choice They must obey they will speak with new tongues. You mean speaking in tongues is real? Yes, it is. And it's, it's it comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. We'll, we're going to talk about that um, in a lesson coming up. Verse 18, they will take up serpents. That doesn't mean we're going to handle snakes in church. That's stupid. But um, they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will... Recovery. And I don't believe that this is all the signs. I don't believe that we should just limit it to these things right here because God has shown He's able to do absolutely anything. Mark nine twenty three. What does it say? Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. You know the, the story of the axe head floating? I heard about a woman who was with her. In fact, it was Don Norman's wife, Cindy Norman. They were out fishing. Don loved to fish. When he wasn't, you know, preaching, he was fishing. And she dropped one of his most expensive poles in the water. He threw a fit. He was so upset. But she said, God, I ask you to cause that fishing pole to float just like the axe had floated for Elijah or Elisha. So I thank you for it in Jesus name. I have faith for you to do it. He was still upset. <laughs> but, but sure enough, come up next to the side of the boat. There was his, his fishing pole came up and she said, I told you now pick it up out of the water. <laughs> Amen. So you can release your faith for it. Amen. Release your faith. If you, all things, what does that leave out? All things, if you can believe. He said if you, but you know what? I tell you what, we need to shut off some stuff. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We're making choices to watch TV, to watch the news, to watch stuff on TV that believers ought not be watching. I don't need to be hearing foul language. I don't need to be filling my heart up with stuff that is not good for me. If I want this kind of faith, I need so much faith coming from the Word. I need to be hearing the Word. So we have to consecrate ourselves. Consecrate ourselves. Come out from among them and let God fill you with so much faith that you're able to do the all things that are possible. So he said, if you have faith, you can tell a mountain to move and it's going swimming. The gifts of the Spirit are linked together. A word of knowledge. Tells you this person needs a miracle. Faith, I believe God can do something through me here. The word of wisdom, how God instructs you to do it. How to pray for someone. We got so many words of knowledge about this young man that was getting delivered on Wednesday night. There were so many words of knowledge. I knew there was that there was a spirit of witchcraft in there, and I called it out. I didn't know that back in his city in Guam, in his village, that he was a witch doctor. I did not know that. But I knew God was saying that there was a witchcraft spirit, there was a lion spirit. I can't even remember what all they were, but we discovered there were about 13 spirits in this young man. Don't look at me crazy. I'm telling the truth. It's the walk of the Spirit where you're one with Him and you hear His voice. Romans 8, 14, For as many as are... Help me preach this morning. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Number two, miraculous signs demonstrate... The power, presence, and love of God. Miraculous signs demonstrate the power, presence, and the love of God. Look at 1 Corinthians 2, 4-5. through My message and my preaching were not with wise, persuasive words. This is Paul talking. It wasn't with wise, persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So that your faith may not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Hallelujah. So he said he would demonstrate the power of God, that we would demonstrate it And that we would be his witnesses. You know, when Moses and the children of Israel were trapped between the Red Sea and and, and Pharaoh's army, they said, Moses, were there not enough graves out here, and not enough graves in Egypt that you brought us out here to die? It looked like they were going to die. They were terrified. Moses was probably terrified. And look, Moses said to the people, look, Exodus 14, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see again no more Forever. Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, look at this, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. See, we're crying to God about a lot of stuff that God is saying, lift up your hand, hold it over the sea, and you divide the waters, Moses. Stop crying to me, I've given you the power to do miracles. Praise God. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And they did. Exodus 14, 21, it says, and then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea. See, you do your part. You hear God tell you to do something. God told Pastor Robert to, to throw himself on that young man the other night. And he did. He threw, when you see 200 and something pounds coming over you like a dive off a diving board, (laughs) you better know you've heard from God. Cause this guy was about my size or a little smaller. And God gave him a word of knowledge to do it that way. And he, and, and so we, we have to hear the voice of God. You, your part is to do, do what God tells you to do. Amen. And know that God will do his part. See, when you step out on faith, that's where the power of God is. Amen. Moses stretched out his hand of the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by strong east wind all that night. He made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. Some people want to say, well, the water was only ankle, ankle deep. Really? Then how is this true? So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on the right, and a wall uh, on their right hand and on their left. Amen. So if it was ankle deep, how was it a wall? All right. Number three, miracles cause people to glorify God. They cause people to glorify God. A word of knowledge is a miracle. You know, it, it, ca- it caused Jesus to, to tell Peter what was going to happen. That was miraculous. You're going to come back to me. That was miraculous. John 1, 47 through 49. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming towards him and he said of him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. Nathaniel said to him, I don't know you. How, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. So that miraculous word of knowledge caused him to glorify God. Matthew 1530 30-31, Then great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, blind, mute, maimed, and many others. And they laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. So the multitude marveled when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed made whole, and the lame walking, and the blind singing. They glorified the God of Israel. Hallelujah. Number four, God can use you for miracles no matter your background. You might be thinking to yourself, well, God can use other people, but Pastor Sally, you don't know what I've done. Let me tell you what. God erases your path. Your past, and he, from before the foundations of the earth, he said he wanted to use you mightily. And what you did before you got to him has nothing to do with what he wants to do with you now. Acts nineteen eleven through twelve. It said God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. Message translation said God did powerful things through Paul, things quite out of the ordinary wait a minute. Is this Paul, the same guy who was a Christian killer and a terrorist who used to go and round people up just to take them and kill them because they were Christians? Is this the same guy who watched sto- Stephen being stoned to death as Stephen looked up and said, look, I see heaven open. And Jesus sitting at the, or standing up at the right hand of God. He saw into heaven. He was able to speak by the Holy Ghost, Stephen was. And and Paul stood there and watched him. He held their coats while they stoned Stephen to death. How, you know, Nobody's got a past that bad. Whatever it was you did, you got to know it's washed away. Hallelujah. So he was a man with a past he wasn't proud of, but God was able to use it. And I'm here to tell you, God can use you. So whoever you are and whatever you've done in your past, God can still use you. Number five, the greatest miracle is the new birth of salvation. There's no greater miracle than somebody who's lost finding Jesus. No greater miracle than finding somebody who's broke down, tore down, in bondage of all kinds, got strongholds in their minds, to eat up with demons and and all kinds of, of addictions and all kinds of things in their lives, being separated in the darkness of away from God. There, there, there's no greater miracle than being called out of darkness and into His marvelous light. From being nothing and being called into being something. John 3, 3-6. Jesus said, I tell you the truth no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again how can a man be born when he's old Nicodemus said Uh, surely he can't enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born Jesus answered I tell you the truth no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit flesh gives birth to flesh but the spirit miraculously gives birth to the spirit and your spirit comes alive to God that 's the greatest thing that could ever happen. Second Corinthians five seventeen when someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside he 's not the same anymore. A new life has begun. First Peter two nine through ten, but you are the chosen ones by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work. Chosen to be a holy people. God's instruments to do His work. And speak out for Him. To tell others of the night and day difference He made for you. From having nothing to something. Or from from nothing to something. From rejected to accepted. Hallelujah. We can close with the, the old songwriter's song. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm, I was blind. But now I see. Oh, come on. Wave your arms if that's you. If you remember what it was like to be lost. And now you know what it's like to be found. To live in the light of God. To live in the love of God every day. To live that old dead life and come into the life of God where colors even look different. Things look different. My life is not the same. I'm born again. I'm a blood bumped, Child of the living God. And my life has never been the same for 25 years since I said yes to Jesus, I would never go back. I would never go back. It's the greatest miracle that He could take somebody like me and use them and love them and forgive them. Our Jesus is a wonderful Jesus. How many of you grateful for being saved today, for knowing that Jesus is the Son of God and that He saved us from our sins? Amen. And that He has a plan and a purpose for our lives. He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. I don't care who you are where you are right now. God has a future and a hope for you. He has good things on His mind for you. He wants to use your life. 25 years ago at the age of 31, I knelt down in my closet and threw my hands up in the air and I said, I'm through running. God, I give you my life. You can have it all. I've made a mess of it. In 31 years, I was able to make a mess of my life. But I gave it all to Jesus. And from that day forward, I've never been the same. He filled me with His Holy Spirit. I've learned His Word and learned how to stand on His Word and believe. He's shown me through many trials and tests and sorrows that He is God. That He does love me. And that He does have a plan for my life. Even past tragedy that you can go through, He can still take your life and make it into something beautiful. Something useful. Lord, we thank you for your word today. It's been sown in the good grounds of our heart. And God, we thank you that you are a miraculous, wonder working God, that you do miracles and that absolutely nothing is too hard for God. I'm reminded of the old song, nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is too hard for the, for the one who made the sea. He has made the heavens by his outstretched arm. He spoke words of power and a new earth was born. Lord, we thank you that that is you. Lord, forgive us for putting you in a box and making you small, or smaller than you are. Lord, we take you out today and we say live big in us. Take us to another level. Anywhere we've gotten off track, Lord, we turn around and face you. Teshubah, we turn around and repent and give our hearts and our lives back to you and say use us, Lord God. Use us, Lord God, to the fullest extent for the reason that you laid hold of us. Lord, may we lay hold of you. Thank you, Lord God. We praise you. We praise you. We worship you. We thank you that, that we're bearing much fruit in our lives. Tremendous fruitfulness is ours. As we wear our bracelets, Lord, remind us. Remind us of being fruitful. Remind us of your word that we've heard today. We thank you for it and we receive it in the mighty name of Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. You say, Pastor Sally, I'm not right with God today. I'm not right with God, but I want to be right with God. You say, Pastor Sally, pray for me that I can have my life back on track with God. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. And I promise you, God is going to hear every word. And if that's you, you want to come back to God like I did uh, 25 years ago. I'm telling you, God hears you when you pray. And He will He will bring you into a, a new life with Him. Everything will not be perfect. You will not never have any trials or troubles again. But I promise you, you won't face them by yourself. You've got a God who will lead you through the valley to the mountaintop again. He'll take you to the green pastures and He'll lead you by the still waters again. Hallelujah. We have a very present God who's with us so I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer. Let's pray. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up and strayed and gone my own way, sometimes on purpose, and sometimes I'm sure I just didn't know. But I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry that I allowed myself to get off track. But I believe that you sent Jesus to die in my place on that cross. And I believe that you raised him from the dead on the third day. Jesus, come into my heart and into my life. Be my Lord. Teach me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I surrender everything to you right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart, that's good news. That means you've been put back in right relationship with God. That you're a brand new creature in Christ Jesus like we just read a minute ago. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So here's what you got to do. Nobody gets to sneak into heaven. you got to let somebody know that you prayed that prayer. So if you would, you filled out this card. Make sure I can read the front of it. On the back, there's a place to put a check mark that says, "Yes, I choose Jesus and commit my life to Him as my Lord." Just put a check mark back there. Then I want you to take it over to Marcelina over here by the Statue of Liberty, and when you do, she's going to give this card to me, and I'll be giving you a call or sending you a text so you'll have my number. Why? You're starting on a journey with Christ. You don't just get saved, go home and live the way you did. No, we've got to teach you how to live as a successful believer. Gotta teach you. You need to know the foundations and the fundamental truths of God's Word so you can stand on it. We have class on Sunday mornings, firm foundation at 9.30 a.m. You can come here, come right around behind this partition, and uh, you, you don't have to sign up, just show up. We we want to get you in firm foundation so that you can begin to build your life on the Word of God. And then we want to steer you into serving. Because you weren't just saved to just go to heaven, but God's got something in you. He put gifts and talents inside you to use for the kingdom of God. I love how Tom just jumped up when it was time to to do an ushering job. Tom, we haven't seen Tom in a, in a, a few months. But Tom just jumped right up and went to start serving. I love that. I love that heart. You know what? Jump up and just start serving. Find a place to connect. In the church so that you can be a blessing to others. Some of you have teaching gifts. Some of you are probably supposed to be pastors. Some of you may be a prophet or an evangelist. We got an evangelist in the house right there. Amen. But but it's, it's the job of a pastor to equip you for the work of the ministry. Every single one of you have a ministry inside of you. And it's my job to raise you up. The job of the evangelist to raise you up. The job of the apostle to raise you up. The teachers, Pastor Carolyn, raise you up. Nicholas. Um, who else? Dwight. Dwight's not here this morning. But it's the job of the five-fold ministry to raise you up so you can use your gifts. You've got gifts in you that need to be discovered and need to be used. So come on and get on track. I just need to know who you are.